Hello everybody, welcome back to the conversation series. I am so excited today to have fellow podcaster Kristen Busquette on here with me, creator, monetization coach, business mentor, and host of one of my favorite podcasts to keep me up to date, the Social Scoop podcast. So I am so excited to have her here with me and I'm going to turn it over to her and let her introduce herself. Yeah, Danielle, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Kristen, as Danielle said, and I am a creator monetization coach. Um, I work with content creators to teach them how to build sustainable, profitable businesses. Uh, a lot of creators that I work with can create great content, but they don't understand how to negotiate and how to read contracts and what they should charge and all of those kind of burning questions that we have as creators. So that is where I come in. Um, when I'm not coaching creators or talking about social media in some capacity, I am probably in like the mud with a dog somewhere. Um, I work with a lot of dog rescues and um, animal control and all of that. So if I'm not talking about social media, I'm probably talking about dogs. <laughs> I, I, I've told my dad for years that if I could buy just a big old chunk of land and if I mm -hmm. could rescue all the dogs that I possibly could, I absolutely would because it's like, it's like <laughs> a dream of mine and I hate seeing uh, a oh. shelter like that. So I am one with you and I would, I have two dogs as it is. And I wish I had more space to uh, <laughs> get more dogs because I love them so much. Yeah, I that is also in my five-year plan, so we're on the same page. <laughs> I want to hop into your podcast, first of all. I was just telling you, you're the kind of the reason I get all my up-to-date information on what is happening, <laughs> even though I work in social media, on the latest scoop. How did you come up with that concept to begin with, like starting every episode with that hot social news? Honestly, you know, that's actually a really good question. Um, I don't know. It kind of was something that I just started doing. <laughs> um, I, for the first few episodes, I didn't do the news um, because I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to like start the podcast. I for so long had wanted to do one and I made like every excuse in the book as to why I couldn't. And so when I finally decided to do it, I was like, I don't have any plan, but we're just going to sit down and record something. Um, and so that's what I did for our first few episodes. But one thing that I was doing on my own outside of the podcast was looking at the news and obviously keeping up with everything that was going on. And I would post, you know, reels about them or TikTok videos about them. And people were always, you know, interested in that. And so I just kind of was like, oh, it makes sense to put this with the podcast as well. And I just want to kick it back beforehand to where does, where did social media become your passion? Like, where did you get your interest in it? Yeah. So I, before I was doing really anything with social media, um, I was a makeup artist and a photographer. So I would do ha hair and makeup for people who were getting their photos taken. And then I would take the photos, um, or, you know, like vice versa. Um, so I had done that and I owned a company when I lived in Massachusetts doing that. And while I was there, I, to build that business, I had to have, you know, Instagram and everything. So I kind of just had to be forced, I guess, to learn how to do all of it. And I just found out that I really liked it, I guess, as I was going. Um, and I started posting my own 
you know, separate page with, with fashion and outfits and things like that. And eventually got to a point where what I was doing with social media was like getting more interest in the hair and makeup and photography. And so I kind of just made the shift and actually ended up selling my business um, to do social media full time. So kind of took the leap there. <laughs> I I always go through seasons of change with, with this podcast. I always am like, okay, I've done a lot of this and talking to these people. Now I kind of want to have an interest yeah. in this and I want to go. How do you kind of figure out, okay, this, these are the kind of people I want to go talk to. Who, who do you go and hunt down to talk to? Yeah. I mean, I think about my audience, my audience for my podcast is all content creators, entrepreneurs, people who, who really need to know about making money on social media. And so I try and think about the questions that I'm getting all the time, you know, again, like, what do I charge? How do I reach out to this brand? Or what do I do in this situation? And I try and figure out who would be the best people to give like a really good answer to these questions. Um, I use LinkedIn a lot for this. So like a lot of the times I'll even just do like kind of like an open casting on LinkedIn. I'll be like, hey, this is my podcast. This is who my audience is. This is what the mission of the podcast is. Tag someone who would be awesome for it. And honestly, those it's like everyone wants to tag their friends in it and stuff. So those end up being very valuable uh, posts for me. I, I find I spend so much time on LinkedIn because, um, you know, through people commenting, commenting on other people's posts or reposting yep. things, I find it's like going down the rabbit hole of finding so many <laughs> people that you had no idea about. So like every night I'm on LinkedIn, even though I'm on it all day, but I'm on LinkedIn every night, just looking and seeing who is out there. Yeah. It's such a valuable tool that I think is so underrated sometimes, but I absolutely, I do the same thing. I like scour and just scroll and scroll through LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, LinkedIn is actually like a huge part of what I teach my students that I coach as well. I think at this point, if you're not on LinkedIn and you want to be working with brands, you're losing out on like a huge, uh, area of opportunity there it's it's so valuable that's where you're going to connect directly with you know ceos at companies um and how else are you ever going to do that you know like it gives you so much opportunity you were a beauty writer you were all you had all (laughs) done everything (laughs) you have done everything you have and just how did you like were there bumps in the road and making that transition what did you what did you learn from that transition yeah i mean as I was saying, like, I I really feel like I've dipped my toes in basically everything. (laughs) Um, I mean, through from college up until I I really had like a legitimate business, I tried to do as many different things to really figure out what I really liked. A lot of things that I thought I was going to really like didn't end up liking. So very good learning experiences, kind of going through that trial and error. Um, when I had started my company in Massachusetts, that was something that I worked on. That was probably like the, the longest I've ever worked on a business. Cause it was going really well. And like, we were growing, um, I was there for four and a half years. Um, and I got to a point with that business where I was just not happy there anymore. I had a partner in this business as well, and she wasn't pulling her weight. I felt like I was miserable every day because I was doing everything. And so 
it was very difficult for me to make the decision to leave um, because it was something that I felt like I built myself, honestly, <laughs> from the ground up. So being able to kind of like hand that over to her and sell my share of the business to her was difficult. Um, and also kind of like just dealing with like what everyone thought from the outside of like, oh, why is Kristen leaving? Like, is she, is she getting kicked out? Like, what's going on? Like, everyone wanted the drama. Um but making the transition while it was very difficult was definitely like the best decision for me. Um, I had to definitely figure out how to have more consistency with my income because obviously with the business that I was running, I was making consistent income. It, it was an established business and I was going from something that was established back to point, you know, square one where I didn't have really a lot happening at that point with social media like I was getting brand deals here and there um so I had to figure out like all right real quick we got to figure out how we're going to make money every month um definitely uh an interesting learning experience no doubt and like it's you always take things from the experiences that you have beforehand and bring it with you whether it's good or bad yeah. uh, so it's always interesting to hear when you see people who Yes, you did have the social media background when you were doing your beauty um, and fashion time, but like, how did, how did you transition? So it's always interesting to hear what came with you and what didn't come with you. Uh, yeah. I always find that fascination with people. When I, I love your LinkedIn newsletters. I oh, good. <laughs> love them because it even like lets us get to know you're the guest even more, um, which yeah. I find super cool. How did you like bite that bullet and say, yep, we're going to go do this because was it people asking you for more content? Was it just a, a natural thing for you? Yeah. So the LinkedIn newsletter is actually the exact same, like copy and paste newsletter nice. as what our email list gets. Okay. So I put it on LinkedIn thinking, well, like this is just a whole new group of people that I can reach and I'm not doing really any extra work besides yeah. copying and pasting. Yeah. Um, so we've had the email list kind of just as like a, I guess, more intimate way of yeah. getting to talk to people. Um, I, I think email marketing is, is such a huge part of my business because surprisingly not a lot of creators do it. And so yeah. it's a really good way for me to again, like kind of build a more intimate connection with people because I'm in their inbox. Like I know they're probably going to see it. Maybe they're not opening it every time, but at least they're going to see yeah. my name in their inbox more often. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of a no brainer for me to be like, well, let's put this on LinkedIn too. It's free and it takes 35 seconds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Much like yourself, I, I dragged my feet when trying to figure out like, okay, should I do a podcast? What should it be about? Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. People just don't know what is, they just don't think that they have an interesting concept or yeah. um, that they'll be able to do it. What is just something you would say to somebody if they are debating whether to do one or not? I mean, like it's just do it. Like there's, you never know unless you try it. You know, like I've had so many things in my life where I've been like, is this a crazy idea or am I like onto something here? And I feel like in those moments where you're like a little uncomfortable, yeah, that's the stuff that I'm always like, I at least have to try it. Cause I never know if that's like the thing that's going to 
you know, be like a really big thing for me. And even with the podcast, again, like I, I waited probably like two years before I started it. I was just like, no one's going to listen to like, why do people want to hear me talk, you know? And honestly, it's like now that's such a huge part of my business. Um, I'm not monetizing the podcast at this point. It's really just my place to kind of connect with people. And I don't necessarily like want to put ads there. Um, I like that it feels like a safe space kind of. Um, But it's such like, I mean, every single week when we have a podcast episode go live, I get messages of people who are like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I needed to hear. You know, like you'd be really surprised. when you hear like what, how you're actually like affecting people. Absolutely. I, I, I started this as a YouTube series. Cause I was like, I don't have a podcast like topic I want to do, but I was yeah. like, here's this I want to do. And I started as a YouTube series. I got 10 episodes in. I was like, wait a second, <laughs> I can go make this the podcast. Right. So it is super interesting that people drag their feet more than ever with podcasting than anything else like yeah it's so interesting to hear why people are so scared to do podcasts compared to put themselves on youtube or start it's just yeah. so interesting to me um why people get stopped from doing this yeah and it's interesting too because podcasts are honestly so much easier than youtube and, and instagram and all of that like you don't even need to have video. You just need to sit down and have a conversation with someone. <laughs> like it's it's the easiest form of content. It totally is. And I, I find it like so, enjo- I don't know about you, but I find it so enjoyable. It's a nice break in my week to yeah. sit down and have a conversation with somebody like that you don't usually get to have a conversation with. Um, yeah. But it's just like this nice little like cathartic, space to just be able to like yeah space just to be able to have a conversation we like you said there's not a lot of opportunities for people with similar interests to like necessarily meet on the internet and like sit down and have an hour-long conversation together and the podcast has been the only reason why I've been able to do that so many times and the people that I do have on the podcast and like have these conversations with are people that I have so much like stronger connections with. Um, and, and again, like we help each other out. We like network with our, our network and you know, it, it really ends up being so beneficial. Like I've had a guest on, they'll be, and it's kind of like the LinkedIn that you and I were talking about. And like, I've had people come on, they'll be like, I know somebody that would be fantastic. Right. And it's, it is, it's like the, it's the passing off and it's the getting to know other people that are in the network and things like, I think it's one of the coolest networking experiences. Yeah. To have. Um, and it's so worth it. <laughs> Any kind of fun break in the week is, is something that I enjoy so much. And this is, um, I value this time every single chance. Yeah. A hundred percent. I want to hop to your creator monetization, you being that coach and a mentor. What are, what are some of the biggest gaps or problems you're seeing today or questions you're getting that people are needing help with? Honestly, the list is just so long. Um, the, the entire like business aspect of being a creator is so 
foreign to most creators because like most creators don't come from a background where they've run businesses before like they don't understand all these opportunities that they have for making more money or like they don't know how to read contracts and they have no idea how to figure out what to charge or what brands they should be working with like I mean the entire process of finding the brands negotiating the collaborations, signing the contracts and posting the content there's always questions within that whole process and there's not like necessarily like a guidebook or a manual to figure all of this out like most of what I teach is based on just years and years of experience with my own experiences my own situations but also as I've coached so many students I've just seen it all at this point um and so I've been able to kind of like create my own guidebook that I coach from now I find it so interesting. I think the the hardest part about being in the creator space is when somebody does come knock on your door and wants to do something, it's the trade work for free yeah. or like pricing situation. I think that is the, it's the hardest and stickiest conversations to have just because most of us don't know how to have those conversations. Like most yeah. of us struggle with those conversations. How do you coach through that whole process. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest tips that I can really give is confidence is literally the most important part of all these conversations that you have. You know, if you literally thought of a random number and just said, I don't know, this is what I'm going to charge. If you came into that conversation confidently and said like, this is my rate, this is why it's my rate. That's it. It like it literally doesn't matter what the number is. It's it's all about how you're presenting these things. Even with negotiations, you know, if a brand comes at you with a number and you say, "No, that's not going to work for me," but this will work for me. Like yeah. it really is all just about how you are presenting yourself uh, confidently in that conversation. And I think that's where a lot of creators get tripped up is because they're not confident because they don't know if like they shouldn't be, you know, because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So. So I think that's why it's really so difficult for creators to get comfortable doing this is because it's it's not necessarily about like having all of the answers. It's just about how you're presenting those answers. I love that because it is, it is such a topic today of, you know, when you do make the leap from, okay, I've done enough free or trade work to I I'm ready to get paid. Like it is such a conversation today. And one, you see people teaching how to do on TikTok, And, um, it's so interesting to me how people go through those conversations, but I love that having the confidence just to walking in there. It's so interesting the difference you see in people. And I guess that you see that quite a bit when we're talking about being paid, like some Mm -hmm. people are, you know, walking in saying, okay, this is it for me. Does experience at all or how long you've been in it play into any of that? Um, well, I mean, you're in your rates and in your confidence. I think yes is the answer for both. Um, obviously the more you do this, the the easier it's going to get, the more you'll feel confident. Like at this point, I feel like I could literally negotiate anything. Like I've just done it so many times that like, I, I know how to answer any question that a brand would come to me with, um, or any situation. And again, like, I think 
that's another piece of it is like, yes, presenting yourself confidently, but also practicing it so many times with even these brands that come to you in your inbox that you know are fake and that are like, but you're just like, those are great, you know, negotiation experiences that you can have and you know, it's not going to amount to anything, but it's a great like time to experiment and and practice. Um, but even with confidence too, like, again, I think the longer you do it, the the more confident you will become. Um, and, and that is going to also be something that you can kind of consider with your rates as well. Um, I know for me, like when I am presenting my rates to a brand, like one thing that I always mention is that, you know, I have been with my audience for X amount of years at this point, they trust me as an expert. If I have something that I'm going to share, that's, you know, this business tool for creators, they know that it's something that is going to be good because they've trusted me for so many years now that like, I I haven't given them the opportunity to not trust me. Um, and so I think that that's definitely something that can reflect in rates as well, because, typically that's going to help me sell more or get, you know, more brand awareness to that brand that I'm working with. I love that. I want to switch to social media and want to get your hot takes right now for (laughs) to do a little bit of news with you, but just what are, what are the things that people should know uh, about what is hot in social media right now? What, what are the things that people need to know? Ma'am, I mean, there's, it's like right now we could talk about things and maybe tomorrow they would be totally different. That's really? what keeps me on my toes about this job. Yeah. Um, one of the big things right now is with the meta verification. Um, I'm getting yes. a lot of questions about that. Um, so I have, I was verified before this came out. So okay. I haven't had a personal experience with purchasing verification. Um, and I, the people that I've had conversations with haven't really given me any good information to go off of. Like I I've asked people who have purchased and they're like, yeah, doesn't feel any different, but like, maybe when I have someone try and hack my account, I'll tell you how it goes. Um, so I think a lot of people have purchased it at this point, but no one really knows if it's actually worth it because they haven't been in these situations where, they figure out if they, yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> um, it it popped yeah. up on mine. God, I think it was last week. And I was like, I just feel weird about this. Having to pay for something that not too long ago was something that you hit a certain mark. Great. You got it. You know what I mean? Like it just feels weird. And I think at the same time, Twitter doing it as well. I'm like, once again, you were, you, it, we grew up, you hit that mark. Yeah. You got it. So I, I'm on yeah. weird to me. It's also kind of throwing me off when I see people that like, it's kind of cl- starting to be clear to me, like who paid for it and who didn't pay for it. And I, I don't like the way that it's making me look at the people who pay for it. Yep. Like, I don't know why it's just like my brain automatically is like, Oh, like they paid to like be verified. Like, you know, that, yep. I don't know. Like it, it's, I don't like the way my brain is thinking about it, but that's automatically where my brain goes. I don't know. I can't stop it. I'm with you too. It's like, it's created this like stigma almost of blue check mark, which is entirely so weird, but I feel the same way. I'm like, I'm like, I know you didn't, you're not verified in the way that most people we think about being verified. I'm like, 
we put we paid for the blue check it mark. feels weird yeah and and it's another thing too like i just don't know why if the point of it is for the additional like security and the additional customer service help like that you have access to and things like that then what is the point like why even have a check mark why not just I'm paying $15 a month for customer service access. Like, and no one has to know. <laughs> and also like it, it just, I think the people that are verified or were verified before this came out, like it doesn't, it like kind of tarnishes it. Like I almost just don't even really know that I want the check mark anymore. Yeah. Like you're like, weird. I don't want to be in that class <laughs> if, if it's going to represent me in this way. It feels weird. It feels weird. And I think a lot of people are feeling the same way. I actually just had a, a conversation related to this with someone the other day um, about security um, with like getting hacked. I was posting a screenshot of an email that I got, like it was from Meta, quote unquote. Um, it wasn't, it was a scam. And so I talked about this and posted a screenshot saying, guys, this is what a scam looks like. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, is this something like if I got hacked, would Instagram's like Meta verification customer service be able to help me? And I was like, honestly, I don't know because if someone is able to, if you give your username and password away, I don't know that you're going to be able to get the help in that situation that you would need. Um, but I was talking about a service. It's an Instagram insurance called notch. Um, and notch is really cool. I pay maybe around a hundred dollars a year for it, but what they do is if your account ever does get hacked in any of those ways, they work with with you and with instagram to get your account back but they also give you like a daily stipend as well so however much you pay in insurance you know you get certain plans like i think mine gives me like 88 dollars a day for 90 days or until they get my account back um so people were like oh you know is not a better option or paying for verification and honestly i feel like the non-instagram version is probably a better option That's insane. I like, this is news to me. So this is really fascinating for me to know, but it is like, I've gotten the scam emails from Meta saying, oh, your thing was security flagged and and I'm like, I go on and it's still running. And I'm like, that doesn't seem correct. And I'm, and Mm -hmm. so you get so many of those. Um, but that's really interesting because I've, I've known so many people recently who've gotten their Instagram hacked and completely yep. lost. And, uh, my sister actually had to start from scratch on, on a brand new account just mm-hmm. because, um, they changed everything. The password. Yep. Get oh yeah. In. Thankfully she was able to briefly get in. So she take her phone number off. So people weren't. <laughs> oh gosh. But it's one of those that I, it is crazy like you could lose people who build businesses you could lose everything exactly so quickly if you just don't and it's almost like do we go back to the archaic thing that it seems like of changing your password every certain amount of days and but it's almost like oh shit i'm gonna forget my password something yeah like it sucks to do but it's probably worth it yeah (laughs) yeah but that's so interesting and i'll have to go check notch out because that's it's like what as much as we hate that our life revolves around social media, sometimes you're like, I would hate to lose everything that I've had on here for almost however many years. I've talked to my husband about this and I'm always like, if I get hacked, like I'm not starting over, like I'll just go get another job. I can't imagine starting from zero again. No, 
No. <laughs> I'd wave the white flag and I'd be like, mm. not bye everyone. Flag. It's been great. <laughs> it's been really fun. I'll see you guys somewhere else. I'm going to, I'm going to go sit in this corner for just a few minutes and exactly figure out my next life's plan. Um, I, I find it really interesting too, that um, recently we've seen a lot of people posting their Instagrams on TikTok because they're like, oh, mm. in case, case the TikTok world ends. Yeah. Be prepared to make sure that people see our Instagrams and things like that. Would love to yeah. get your opinion. Like, do you see it happening? I feel like we've had this conversation like five times already. I know. That TikTok is leaving. It's going to be banned. God help us. If it, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've been right. already. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's been so much talk about it, but this is the closest that we've been at this point. So I don't know. I feel like it's in the realm of possibility, but I think it would, if it were to happen, I don't think that it would happen quickly. Yeah. Um, so I think we would have like enough fair warning to be like scrambling to figure out what we need to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I don't know. I honestly have been just trying not to think about it because like I can't do anything about it. And so yeah. it will just drive me crazy if I worry about it. So I've been like, ah, it doesn't exist. We'll yeah. just find out what happens when it happens. Cause yeah. honestly, who knows? It's honestly in my mind still, it's like, oh, this is kind of like if I get locked out of my Instagram, I'm like, if I lose <laughs> my TikTok and everything that I, and it's so silly yeah. to say that, but two, you, it's once again, you built a part of your business on there. You're like, oh shit, I've spent this right. hours and this much time. I'd be crushed if all of this was. Yeah. Crazy. Exactly. I mean, in for a lot of people, like especially content creators, like if you're if your majority of your following is on TikTok and you lose that account, like what do you do? <laughs> like where do what do you do for a job? How do you pay your bills? Yeah. It's just like it's scary. So I think this is a very great kind of wake up call uh for people to start their email list or, you know, get on other platforms, whatever you have to do, but I think it's a, a good opportunity to find out if you are missing any opportunities to actually like have a place where you own your audience a little bit more. Yeah. And even as soon as you said that, I was like LinkedIn newsletters, create yeah. these things like that. Like I, I, it's so weird, but I created a conversation series page like almost two years ago. And I'm like, this is a page that if anything, God were to happen, like, here is podcast clips, stuff like that. All of this yeah. stuff, that video assets that I'm posting to TikTok are, you're still getting clips here and stuff like, it's just, it's like a sense of security, just having another yeah. platform that has stuff <laughs> on it as well. So if people need to, it's still there. Um, yeah. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so weird to think about, especially since so many people I know and so many people in our generation are like, oh, well. I've went and created my own business. This is how I make money. And so mm -hmm. much of that has been through TikTok. So it's one of those that yeah. it just feels so almost not heartbreaking, but it feels a little bit like, ugh. yeah, it's, it's a little bit of how we sad. businesses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a huge part of my, like probably 50% at least of my students are students who came from TikTok, like TikTok lives and, and TikTok posts that, you know, they've seen and commented on and things like that. So it would be a, a really big 
issue for my business if TikTok was gone. In terms of looking forward to the rest of this year, what are what are you excited about in the world of uh, the social scoop and your business? Um, well, I have, um, in the next month or so, something very exciting, um, with my course. So we have a course called brand BFF. Um, it teaches, um, this method that we created a framework last year, um, called the anti-pitch method, where we teach creators to build relationships with brands without pitching. So like no cold pitching, because we don't have time for that in 2023, um, or patience for yeah. that. So, yeah. um, with brand BFF, we have the course available now just as it is, yeah. but I'm also collaborating with two other incredible creators, um, a girl named Alyssa and a girl named Sky. Sky has a TikTok course and Alyssa has a personal branding course. So we're bundling our three courses together. Yeah. So you get personal branding, TikTok, monetization, yeah. all of the things um, for a, a deep discount. So I'm very, very excited about that. I love that. And how, when you're recording episodes, I find this so fascinating because I go into dry spells of, okay, sometimes I'm really heavy into episodes and I'm recording a lot right now and then I'm a little dry. How Mm -hmm. far out are you recording episodes and then publishing them? Yeah. So I, right now I'm a type A person, so this may not work for everyone. (laughs) Um, I have episodes right now that I've recorded in the last week or so that are scheduled into July. Um, so I work pretty far in advance. It honestly is not something that I necessarily did on purpose. It's just like, I find these people and I'm like, Ooh, I have to record with them. And then I just build so many up that I'm like, all right, I guess we've got like the next couple months covered. (laughs) I love that you're, you're sitting in great company here because I am very much like, okay, I want to get through the months. So I am quickly getting this stuff out and being able to not have to worry about it. It's almost because almost for me, it's easier to do this stuff than it is to pitch, figure out timing, get all that, the scheduling and everything. And I'm like, this is just easier from the rest of the time. Yeah. A hundred (laughs) percent. My last question for you, Kristen, is just what inspires you? Oh man. It's such a funny question because it's such an, like, it should be a very easy question to answer, but I literally, like, I don't even know where I find inspiration. Sometimes I honestly think that it's from like just conversations I have with people. Like when I'm thinking about like a new content idea or things like that, for example, like we're actually um, in the next week starting to post a series that I've been working on on Instagram and TikTok called Creator Currency. So it's like these 60 seconds conversations with creators and it's all about money. How much did they make last month? What was their highest paid collaboration? All of these questions. And that whole series came from just like not understanding how much other people were making, like right. all these questions about like, Oh, I wonder how much they're charging. Okay. Well, let's ask them. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been just something that I, I think as I have more conversations with my students, um, and other people in the industry, things just kind of pop into my head and I'm, I guess it is my conversations yeah. that really like are my inspiration. And maybe that's why I love the podcast so much. Yeah. But I love that. And I'm, I'm so excited to see that series. Um, I'm very excited about that, it. that conversation you and I were having, but uh, I'm very excited and I just love your content and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. 
Yeah, Danielle, thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yes. And if you guys do not follow Kristen, all of her socials are going to be linked down below. So you can go give her a follow, give her a podcast to follow. Um, and it's, it's absolutely one of my favorites and, uh, I can't thank you enough. And I can't wait to keep listening. Yay. Thank you. Yes. And as always, I will see you guys back here next time. Bye y'all.